Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. It's a whole new week. Can you believe it? And we're finished with January. Wow. I don't know what time is anymore since we've had this pandemic. Um, It's like the slowest time and the fastest time. But anyway, I'm so glad that you guys could tune in today and listen in, whether you're listening live or listening later. I'm really excited that you're here. Today we have Nicole Fanning on, and she has a new series, Mafia Romance Series. So I'm excited to chat with her about that. If you haven't met Nicole yet or read her books, you are in for a treat, and I'll read her bio here so you can get to know her. Nicole Fanning is a smitten wife and a super proud dog mom with three rambunctious rescue dogs. She's an old-school romantic with a proclivity for a little bit of mischief and an obsession with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Her first book, Catalyst, Heart of the Inferno, is an action romance about the terrifying and dangerous mafia lord Jackson Pace and Natalie Tyler, the girl who became his only exception. I did put a link to her Goodreads page. Um, If you're listening live or listening later, you can click that and follow her on Goodreads so that you don't miss the next book. There's already two books out in the series. Um, Ignite is the new one. I think that's the one we're talking about today. And so anyway, you can binge read right through those two, and maybe we can press her to find out when the next book's coming out. So without any further delay, are you there, Nicole? I am. Thank you for having me, Lisa. So excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on today. I Right before the show, we were chatting, and I found out that you are also in Florida. I'm a San Diego native, but I became, during the pandemic, my husband worked for the big Comic-Con in San Diego, and with the pandemic, that was gone. So he found a new job in Florida, and off we went across the country during a pandemic. Um, <laughs> but but oh, now wow. I'm in Florida, no, I'm when people a, say... I'm a Midwest native. <laughs> Okay, so you're new to Florida too? Yeah, um, my husband and I have been here for a year now. Um, but yeah, we're we're from, we're both from the Midwest ourselves. So okay, yeah. So you, like me, you're getting used to all this humidity and bugs, right? <laughs> yeah, the the bugs. No one warned me about. Um, no one. <laughs> I feel like even if they did, I don't know if it would have been enough of a warning. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, these are some real bugs here in Florida. <laughs> yeah, it's like everywhere else you think that like spiders or, or, you know, any other, it's like here they're on steroids and they're just like 10 yes. times bigger than like a normal bug would be. <laughs> For sure. And lots of them fly. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I remember um, my dad was in the Navy when um, my mom was pregnant with me, and they were stationed in Orlando, which I think is hilarious because, you know, Orlando's landlocked, but there's a Navy base there. Um, oh, how But uh, my dad, yeah, my dad talked about how in their housing, my mom saw her first palmetto bug, which is like, you know, for people who don't know, that's like a, like a big roach. And yes. she said that when she saw it, she, she took a huge Kleenex box and tried to smash it. And it dented the Kleenex box and flew into their closet. And ah! she practically jumped, <laughs> like, jumped in the shower with him and was like, we are moving unless you find that and kill that bug. <laughs> Otherwise, we have to burn this like, house I've down. I've never seen anything so big as that thing. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a culture shock for sure for us. But, um, and today it was freezing. I'm like, what happened to the sun, Florida? But anyway, it was like 30 here this morning. I'm <laughs> going, where am I living? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk to you about Ignite, I think is the latest book in your series. But do you want to tell everybody about, about the series and, and, it's the Inferno yeah. series, right? Yeah. So it's the Heart of the Inferno series. Um, and in so ultimately, there's going to be a total of 14 books, um, but wow. they will be part of the larger Inferno Mafiaverse. So the Heart of the Inferno is actually going to be the four-book canon that kind of kicks everything off. So these are nice, thick books. You know, they give the background. They give the story of both, like, Jackson and Natalie – um, you know, how Jackson kind of came to be who he is and, you know, Natalie coming into his life and shaking everything up as love does. Um, but also, you know, like the trials that they're facing. And so like in Catalyst, we kind of see that, um, they are two very different people from two very different worlds. You know, Natalie has kind of lived this, you know, just put your head down, always do the right thing as, um, Jackson remarks later on, like, I don't think she's even had like a late library book. Like she's, you know, a good girl. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, you know, Jackson is this generational mafia don. So he's come from this long line of like power and like underworld maintenance um, in which like the mafia in our story here kind of exists as this like alternate society. So Jackson works with the government at B to kind of manage the underworld as he sees fit um, in doing so, you know, kind of providing things that would be illegal, all those fun mafia things that they do. Um, and, <laughs> you know, kind of feeding into that whole predator prey ecosystem. So he, he kind of explains to Natalie in the book series that the government works with him because they realize that in order to keep their police officers and their rehab programs and things like that in like working order, they need to have people who go to those or like, you know, require those services. So he kind of keeps a certain level of crime, but like keeps, you know, a tight lid on the noise. And so that's kind of his role. And therefore he's allowed to kind of run things the way he sees fit. Now he is introduced to Natalie because he is also on top of being a mafia Don, um, a billionaire and a hotel owner. So he owns this chain of luxury hotels, one of which Natalie just happens to be staying at for a week to attend her cousin's wedding. And she is in from out of town. And we kind of see that she's walking into this dynamic where she has this really big connected family, but for the last two years, she has been estranged from that family because she called off her engagement to her ex-fiance, who just happens to be the best man in the wedding. And the reason she oh. did that is because he had, uh-huh, yeah, because he had cheated on her, so connected to her family, and they loved him so much, and, you know, she he was his, her cousin's best friend. She didn't feel that outing him for that was the best decision for the family, but Obviously, that means that the family doesn't understand why she called things off. And so they're kind of trying to push them back together. Um, so she's kind of right. dealing with this weird situation where, like, yeah, she's been disconnected from her family. And she's kind of being thrust, you know, into these situations with her ex. And she just doesn't want to be there. 
And while she's like staying at the hotel, she ends up thwarting this kidnapping attempt of Jackson's six-year-old daughter. And, you know, she's just a normal girl, but she does what she can. And so Jackson immediately sees this and is like, no one, no one just does this. You know, like, who are you? Are you from another family? Are you from the FBI? Like, who are you? Like, he just doesn't trust her right off the bat. So he's kind of a jerk. But we end up just seeing them, you know, both dealing with their losses and their brokenness in Catalyst and kind of just falling in love the old-fashioned way. Um, and then in Ignite, it's the continuation of that story and, you know, some really difficult, traumatic things happen to them and they have to really bond as a couple to get through them. But, yeah, it's, it's really, I would say, like a thriller mixed with, like, some romance. So it's kind of a, a mesh of the two genres. And do you see the um, – you said four books of this two, of this couple. So are you doing different – you said 14 books altogether, so you're doing different um, sets of characters who get stories? Yeah. So these four um, – and it was, okay, so it was originally going to be four, then I decided it was going to be three, but then as the story kind of progressed, I was like, no, there's definitely enough content here for four. Because um, I, <laughs> I just kind of went back and I went back and forth with the idea of like, I don't like books that have a lot of unnecessary filler, and I don't want to give that to my readers. So when I was looking at it, I'm like, I'd rather err on the side of caution and make it three versus like make it four and have people be like, well, that could have been three books. Um, but as, you know, as I've been writing book three now, I'm like, wow, this, there's a lot here and I need a fourth book. <laughs> um, <laughs> so these four are, they're from Jackson and Natalie's perspective and the perspective changes every other chapter. Um, and mm -hmm. so we get to meet all of the important side characters and, you know, are introduced to their lives. But after these four books, we will still see Jackson and Natalie, but they will be the side characters and the following little mini series and, you know, one-off books that will happen in that remaining 10 books will be from the perspective of one of the side characters now as the main character. Um, right. So for example, Jackson is this mafia Don and he has a team called the alpha squad and they are his, you know, five or his six top generals. They handle, you know, different various aspects of his business. So people just started falling in love with the Alpha Squad characters. And when I had started writing this series, before I even wrote a single chapter, I had mapped out 122 pages of character backstory on all of these characters. And I was like, you know, there, there really is some stories to tell here. So people were like, I need more of like Josiah or Levi or Charlie. And I was like, okay, you know, fair enough. I could do some little <laughs> novellas. So there'll be these four big thick canon then there'll be five alpha squad books um two prequels and then three one-off books um from different character perspectives and again we'll still get to see natalie and jackson but like in a, in a different more roundabout kind of way so it'll be really exciting but for you know they're the main they're the main meat they're the meat and potatoes <laughs> Right, right. So when is book three coming out? Do you know? Yeah, so I'm aiming for the beginning of June at this point. Um, we had a couple of delays that pushed it back. It was supposed to be spring, um, but it looks like it's going to be the start of June. And yeah, and then book four will be not long after that. Um, because originally book three was just it was going to be book three and four. 
So a lot of book four is already written. Um, so oh, okay. I'm hoping to not have as much of a delay between these two books. So there wasn't much of a delay between when Catalyst came out and then when Ignite came out. Um, because literally the day that I published Catalyst, I was immediately writing Ignite. <laughs> um, just right. Catalyst kind of ends on this really gripping cliffhanger. And I knew that I was like, anybody who loves this couple is going to want to come for me with a pitchfork and be like, where is my book two? I need to know what happens. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. But, no, they're a, they're a, it's, it's kind of different because a lot of mafia romance, especially, and again, like, this book I had hoped to be a mafia romance meets a thriller. So if you are into kind of the James Patterson, Stephen King, that kind of thing, this book you would, would find interesting. Um, and if you were into mafia romance, you would find it equally interesting. So there's something there for both, uh, you know, categories. And also, you know, Jackson being Jackson and having that, like, really different male perspective and Natalie being that softer, um, at least in this book series, they uh, they kind of give the readers, like, there's something for everybody, basically. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so the the genre for mafia romance kind of tends to gear towards three main topics. So they usually, they either fall in love because, you know, he fell in love with her. And so it's like Stockholm syndrome, you know, Q365 days, that whole, that whole fiasco. Um, Or, you know, they're two warring mafia families. And so he's her mortal enemy and, you know, they're going to get married and they're going to hate each other for half the book. And then they're going to fall madly in love and be perfect. And the world is perfect. Um, or, you know, that she saw something she shouldn't have and, you know, now she's his prisoner and, you know, there's some sort of dubious consent there. And so I kind of looked at it and I was like, you know, if you do any research on these like mafia underground organizations or organized crime in general, yes, it comes up with some scary stuff. However, the the more you look at it, like there is this intrinsic, um, like, like a, almost like their own set of values and their own moral code. It's just, it's not to any government or powers that be, it's to their mafia family or their organization. And so I was like, what if it was kind of this anti-hero, morally gray, you know, we fall in love with him because he's the bad guy who keeps worse men out of power, kind of like Jackson says in his book. Um, like, I didn't write the darn thing. <laughs> um <laughs> But, you know, it's, I kind of wanted to tell a different story where, you know, they had this underground society and they just kind of operate with the mentality of they think people should be allowed to make their own choices regardless of what that choice is. So when it comes to topics of like doing drugs or prostitution, those are things that, yes, are probably very not great for you necessarily or, or and can have or can have you know, some terrible side effects, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but in the mafia's perspective, it's their job to provide those things because the government has taken away that choice for you. So they're all about freedom and giving people that ability and kind of saying, like, just because, like, the government says this is the way you should live your life doesn't mean that that's the way you should live your life. And so we kind of do our own thing and we provide a service. 
And in doing so, you know, that's how they develop their relationship with the government. Right. So he, again, he kind of just, because we have to fall in love with him in a way that like makes sense. <laughs> um, he is a bad man and he, there is, there is some violence. Uh, I won't deny that. Um, some chapters are a little graphic, uh, but <laughs> uh, as he kind of puts it, that he is in power because worse men would take power and do way more dangerous, horrible things. So he's kind of the, the last line of defense in that regard. So, Well, I was going to ask you what drew you to writing mafia romance. Do you love the Godfather movies? Are you in, you know, I mean, what, what made you go, huh, I want to write about, you know, these guys who break the law and, and we still love them uh, anyway. So, I've always loved a bad boy or an anti-hero, um, just always. And uh, I, I kind of laugh about this, and you may laugh too, but I was obsessed with the A-Team when I was younger. Um, uh-huh. ran, like they, The show went off the air before I was born, but my mom had the entire collection, and so therefore I watched all of these movies, um, you know, about these guys just defying the government that was never going to help them and um, you know, they're really right. the good guys and they care about Listen each other and they're going to do the right thing. Right. And so I, I fell in love with that. But again, like I kind of got obsessed with like Peaky Blinders was a big influence too, because whereas the show itself is fictional, it does have some real tie-ins to some of those gangs of, you know, the UK and that kind of thing. And that kind of led me down this rabbit hole of just really researching all of these different mafia organizations. And we tend to think of mafia as in like the Sicilian mafia, but what most people right. talk about is that there is a really big Greek mafia or um, a Scottish mafia or an Irish mafia. And we don't talk about those things because like they're not as common or like, you know, as prevalent as the Godfather or that kind of thing. So I went down this research rabbit hole, and as I did, you know, I'm reading some of these firsthand accounts of people who had either been in it or experienced it, and they just, like, kept, like, reading between the lines. It was this concept of, again, they have a loyalty to each other. They, like, they're a ragtag group of, of, you know, people who would otherwise have just been discarded from society, and they kind of came together to protect themselves and develop their own way of life. And so they just exist in the shadows alongside us. And most of us go about our daily life and we have no idea that that's happening, but it's happening all around us. Um, and it was only like a little bit comical to me because as I, you know, was writing book three, I got a message from someone who had read books one and two. And, you know, she was saying that she's like, wow, I read your books. And one of the concepts we talk about is the cartel, um, you know, and mm -hmm. so she's like, are you in the cartel? <laughs> and I was like, no, I am not. I've just, I've, I've tried to do my research so that I'm not misrepresenting anything in any way. Um, and, but she was talking about how she had a cousin who was, you know, with someone that was in the cartel. And she's like, some of the things you describe are like on point for, you know, what she had talked about. Cause I kept asking her like, how can you be with someone? And she's like, you know, yes, he does bad things, but he's not a bad man. And she's like, I didn't understand it until I read your books. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's amazing. But now I'm pretty sure the FBI is probably going to be sitting outside my house in an unmarked van. 
Um, right. <laughs> wondering how I know all this information and, and judging me for my search history. <laughs> I promise I'm just a writer. <laughs> right. Um, I My friend for Christmas this year sent me a mug that says, pay no attention to my browsing history. I'm a writer, not a serial killer. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, I write paranormals, and so I constantly am researching how to kill people and what would happen if you did this and and what kind of poison would you use for that. And I'm like, I swear, I'm just a writer. (laughs) I I made a TikTok because it made me laugh where I was talking about how – I was like, you know, I am definitely on at least one government watch list at this point because I have researched, like, the best way to hide a body, the best way to injure someone without killing them, um, you know, how to counteract the poison, what poison to give, and what, you know, think, like, and just all of the research I've done. And I'm like, I promise I'm not a serial killer, and I'm not in the mafia. I just, that's my TikTok, and me being like, to my FBI agent, who's no doubt watching this, Yes, yes. we always talk to our (laughs) FBI agent. (laughs) Yeah, we do. (laughs) So are there any other genres that you, you know, have ideas for that you want to write in, or are you really in love with the the mafia angle? Are there other things you want to do? So, yeah, I, I think I'll definitely stay in, like, a fiction realm for sure. Um, and I'll be here, you know, obviously I, I hope to get the other 10 books out within the next two to three years. Um, cause again, they'll be much smaller than these four books. Um, cause they'll be closer to novellas or at least smaller. Like each of these books is like 600 pages. Like they're, they're big, thick mm-hmm. girls. Um, but I, I really wanted to do like a smaller Omega verse duology. I have an idea for that. So like kind of like werewolf shifter meant like that whole concept um and then I had a couple of like fun one-off ideas one of them was like a I wanted to do this story of this Hollywood guy who wanted to be a boxer like he suddenly changed his direction and wants to be a boxer and so everybody was making fun of him for this idea but it's like his story of how he decides to be a boxer um and obviously he like meets the love of his life and you know drama ensues um, but the other like more one-off story that I wanted to do was I have this concept of like a friend called it ugly romance and it's not that it's ugly romance, but it was more about like less, we, we always do these characters in our books inevitably. Cause that's what, you know, us lonely housewives want to read is like the tall, handsome, brooding, stunningly gorgeous. He's got tattoos, a deep voice, and he knows a lot about life. Um, could have been a book where the main character falls for the male character or, you know, like they fall for each other based on like personality, based less about like looks itself, but it would have been more of like a comma or comedy romance. Um, and that mm-hmm. was just in conversation with her where she's like, I've read so many books and the main character was always handsome and brooding and single. And like, that's just not real life because, you know, she was single at the time and she's like, I've just found that the handsome brooding men are definitely taken. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> what if I just find like a funny guy who makes me laugh and I don't, he doesn't have to have rippling abs and, you know, a deep sense of uh, introspection. <laughs> So it was it was just kind of like a funny that would have been more of like a novella. So there's a couple ideas that I'm toying with. 
Um, but I am very deep in the weeds right now with uh, book three coming out in June, as well as book four um, looking to be like probably fall. So it's, uh, I'll be here for a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Your hands and are I, full. I love my, <laughs> yeah. My fans and my, my arc read team is just like, where's book three? So I'm, I'm like, I love you and I'm working on it as best as I can. I promise. But I, <laughs> I don't think that there's ever a minute I'm not really writing. Um, whether I'm like driving in my car or I'm even folding laundry, like my brain is in this world that I've created, um, you know, coming up to with solutions and coming up, you know, like fixing plot holes before they exist. Like, Oh, I got to remember that I have to touch on that. And um, I just, I live in this world, but uh, it's kind of amazing. I'm sure, you know, um, you know, I don't know how long you've been a writer too, but when I started this, like mm-hmm. as a career and I like took it seriously because I had been writing and even when I published right. Catalyst for the first time I only reason I published it was because I had wrote it during the pandemic I'd had it in my head for years wrote it during the pandemic sent it to a couple of my friends thinking you know like they're just as bored and lonely and trapped in their house as I am um and they were like this is really good like you should publish this and I was like what like really like no you need to write this um and so, like, that kind of became a, a big thing. And then, obviously, with the success of Ignite and kind of, you know, just it's been insane, the, the growth that we've seen in just a short amount of time. Um, it hasn't even been a year since Catalyst has been out. So I was just talking to my husband, and he's like, you know what? I have never seen you so happy as you have been since you started writing again. He's like, so if your entire journey, if everything you've gone through in your life, if all of that was to get you here, then it was totally worth it because this is where you should be. And like, that was such a touching like moment for me where I was like, oh my God, like I am happy, like just intrinsically. So yeah, I'm sure you completely understand it. It's an escape, right? Like it's, especially when the world around you feels so crazy and so insane these days um being able to go into a little world that you create and know that you can you know put little messages and things that you want your readers to know in your books and it's like your way of touching future generations to come so Mm -hmm. yeah and it and it is a cathartic escape at times (laughs) yeah very much so very much so so that sort of dovetails into um, our readers always love to know, you know, how you how you came to getting published and what your journey looked like. And it sounds like you always wrote for fun, and then somebody really pushed you towards getting published. But how did it look like to yeah. go from, you know, writing for fun to seeing your book out there? Um, so when I was a kid and I watched all those 18 movies, I would write my own episodes and give them to my mom to send to the producers of a show that was no longer on the air. Um, and (laughs) bless her heart. She'd just be like, yeah, I'll send it to NBC. Totally. I will. Uh, and then like when I was in high school, I had a friend that she also loved writing, you know, and drama and romance as much as me. So we would actually just for fun on the weekend, spend our weekends writing, you know, the latest episode of our sagas, whatever dramatic soap opera we were writing, and then trade them on Monday. 
Um, and so like, and I've kind of just always had that in my head. Like I've made these big worlds and big stories. I just never really did anything with it. And so when, you know, pandemic happened and we were all trapped in our houses and I was like, okay, well, I can either learn to knit to pass the time or maybe I can <laughs> just bread. write this crazy, <laughs> right. I could write this crazy story that I have in my head and, you know, just have fun with it. And when I sent it to a few people and they were like, well, where's the rest of it? I'm like, well, I, I only wrote the first book, but you know, I got plans and <laughs> um, they were all about it. And I tell you what, though, as a kid, I always wanted to be a writer, but you know, I came from a very, uh, I want to say like, I want to politely realistic family where it was like, you got to grow up and get a real job and to them, you know, being a writer wasn't a real job. And so right. in my head, I just never really considered pursuing it. And when I actually got to hold my book in my hands for the first time, that was an incredible mm-hmm. moment. It was like, I knew in that moment that young me would be so proud that, you know, again, whatever the story that took you to get here, that it was all worth it. And it was just an incredible, incredible moment. So if you are someone who's out there and you are considering writing, do it because the world needs your book and we want to read it. And, you know, again, it, escapism is a beautiful thing <laughs> yes, uh, to be able to sure. have that, that Right. To be able to retreat to that little world, for sure. Well, we're rapidly running out of time. So I is there any way, where can readers get in touch with you after they read your books? Are you on Facebook or where can they find you? Yeah. So I have a website, um, which is N, as in the, word, the letter N, uh, nherownwords.com. I'm also on Facebook. I'm on TikTok and Instagram. I am on Twitter, but I don't understand Twitter because I'm an elder millennial and I'm trying to understand Twitter. (laughs) So any of the other ones would probably be better to find me. And my books are available on Amazon and Kindle Unlimited as well. Well, thanks so much for being here and have great success with book three when that comes out. Be sure and let us know. And thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Lisa. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.